What's up, everybody? It's your man, Plyrock. Before we get started here today, just want to let everybody know where you can find our live shows on Facebook. You can find me at www.facebook.com forward slash Gamer. Check us out. I'm on at 930. And also, our man, Oracle, where can we find you, baby? Well, well uh, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash Oracle Gaming. We're building an empire every day. Come on by. See what it's all about. All right. Well, let's get this podcast started. What's up, everybody? It's your man, Plyrock, and it is episode five, which is actually really episode two of the Empire of Nations with my man, Emperor Oracle. What's going on, man? What's going on, buddy? Not a whole lot on my end. Not much over here, but I know what it's been about all this week. So we're going to talk about this first. Oh, oh, yes. And we're going to talk about this for a good long while because there was a game that came out maybe a week and a, two weeks ago since we recorded this. A little game called The Division 2, which I, mean, I, I, about, I think it's little. <laughs> I got about 40 hours into it and uh, I'm ready to talk about it. How about you? Uh, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm quite 40 hours, but you know, I've been putting that grind in and I'm close to like level 15 now. So I think I'm, I think I could talk about it. Yeah, no. And I can tell you this, I guess if you count my PlayStation four experience with it and my Xbox one experience with it, I'm probably closer to 60 hours. <laughs> but, and in between the both of them, I have not hit end game yet because on the PlayStation I'm over level 20. I'm like level 22 and on the Xbox I'm around level 10. So I probably would be an end game right now if I was concentrating on one version of the game. But because there's so many in Plyrock Nation, I've got to keep all the pioneers happy. So I'm playing this game all over the place. So and I'm actually not getting bored of it, which is a minor miracle. This game is unbelievable. So let's start with what are the things, Emperor Oracle, that you like about the Division 2? Oh, man, I am a graphics junkie for sure. So the fact that it's so crisp and so clean, like the textures on foliage is very hard to actually achieve. And the fact that they were able to get it done is just it's amazing. And you walk Let's, around and I'm, I'm just you're like, on the PC I'm, version, right? Let's yeah, just be clear. You're on the PC yeah. version. OK, so I can speak for the council versions. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, the uh, the graphics on this end are just so so crisp, and you can see like the different particles floating in the air, different like specks of dirt, and the insects actually have detail. And uh, you know, I'm just barely getting into the dark zone, so I can't really talk a whole <laughs> lot about that. I just know that I walked in there today and I was untouched. So. Yeah, you just you told me you went into Dark Zone East. I'm like, yeah, good luck when you get to Dark Zone Middle and Dark Zone West. Yeah, but the Dark Zone a is a whole different experience, man. I guess yeah, such a it, good time. I can agree to that. The Dark Zone is definitely a big experience. Plus, I was uh, I was reading the reviews before I I was reading the reviews before I ended up deciding to purchase the game, and mm-hmm. I uh, I ended up you know I ended up going on it go like going on the hunch to purchase it. Purely on the fact that you can craft and, and build your own mods, and that's a lot. That's very similar to what I do in Assassin's Creed, and that's why I have such a high crit rate and high damage rate in Assassin's Creed is because I learned the the game and I was able to change, you know, the way your your equipment was modded out, and like you can get, uh, like I learned about the classes, and if you get like all five pieces of gear that match the same, you get like a boost. So like mm-hmm. I'm on, I, I'm I'm getting ready to start hunting for gear. I think I'm pretty close too. 
Yeah, once you get to level 30, the whole game is going to change for you, dude. Now, let me ask you a quick question. Did you play the Division 1 at all, or is this your first experience in this, this world? Is, this is my first Division experience. You know, I uh, I almost right. picked up I almost picked up the first one the other day because it was $10 bucks, uh, for Steam. And uh, my, my father ended up getting that one, and I was like, you know what? Everybody that I know is playing the second one right now, so why don't I start with that one and then play the first one solo by myself later on? Okay, that's a good idea. Just keep in mind that the vanilla version of the Division 1, because you're so used to now all the quality of life improvements that they've done in Division (laughs) 2. So, But they learned. So when you play the Division 1, level 1 to level 30, to get to the end game, it's it's very grindy and and almost repetitive, kind of like Assassin's Creed 1, where... But once you get to the end game, you'll see all the miraculous things that Massive Studios was able to do when they worked on it for the next three years and all the mistakes they learned from and how they listened to the community feedback. Right. And then you'll feel more at home in the Division 1 once you get to that end game because you'll feel more like you're playing the Division 2. So the Division 2 is not some huge leap forward in uh, gameplay mechanics or all these unbelievable things that they put together. Right, um, it is more all the mistakes that they learned are come to fruition in the division two. Hence, uh, the game, especially if you've never played the first one, you're coming in going, Oh my God, these guys knew what they were doing. Well, they took a long time to learn what they were doing, but it really paid off with their, with their, uh, patience and their dedication to never give up on the game. So hats off to Ubisoft because the games that have come out recently, like Fallout seventy six or uh, Anthem, that Anthem, have released. In I a, heard tanked. Yeah. I heard Anthem tanked. tanked. These these AAA titles sixty dollars. We're dropping sixty bucks on these things. The fact that the Division two actually works already, the review scores are going to bump up because we've had such a rocky road here the past three or four months in video game releases. I mean, a lot of people are loving Battlefield five, and that's great. But let's not forget the fact that they released a half made game. Back in November, in between Call of Duty and Red Dead Redemption Two, that's they got right. Smoked that is when that released. Yeah, they put they sandwiched it unfinished in between two blockbuster titles. It sold eighty percent less than Battlefield One, and now Dice is catching up, putting in that new battle royale mode, putting in this the the rest of the story, all those things, and the price is already what twenty thirty bucks for Battlefield Five. Like it's dropped. It's so significantly, um, yeah. Yeah, so back to the Division 2. I know we were on a little bit of a tangent there. So now give us one thing you don't like about the Division 2. Is there anything so far that has annoyed you or any type of critique you'd give Um, it at this point? In terms of a critique, yeah. There's like one or two things like as far as like a video game goes that I could critique. Like uh, the loot system is is so integrated that you if you don't know what you're looking for, you will miss it half the time. Like not like you won't be able to see what's lootable until you get like almost right up on top of it. I personally feel like I lose out on a lot of loot that way in terms of like, you know, like the the challenges and stuff where you have to supply certain areas with such and such. And, you know, you go to loot all that stuff and then you're like, oh, well, I thought this place still had some and you walk all around it and you don't find anything. And then, you know, you leave the area for about an hour and then you come back and there's more there. (laughs) <laughs> this game is very generous with loot, by the way. I will say this as somebody who's, you know, who basically got to the max level in division one and who dumped many a day into the division one, 
don't worry about the loot so much right now until you hit the end game. Oh yeah. Just because it all flips, it all becomes about gear score. Then you start going after sets. You know, you got to get three pieces of, you know, this particular type to give you those stat boosts, etc. Right now, just get used to it. Um, the one critique I had about it, to be honest with you, before I get into my positives, was there's really not much of a story again. Yeah. And I love Tom Clancy. I read all of Tom Clancy's books from probably 1988 to like 1999, 2000 when I was younger, from The Hunt to Red October all the way through, uh, you know, clear and present danger and Patriot games. And, um, when Jack Ryan became president and rainbow six shows up in his novels and he was so into political espionage and so into not just the United States, but, you know, global uh, politics and dynamics and cold uh, war and and, uh, middle East tension. Yeah. And middle East tensions and, uh, all these different things. And then here it is, they have this license, from Tom Clancy's uh, estate themselves that Ubisoft obviously has had for a long time, but they don't really take advantage of any of that and use any of Tom Clancy's source material to, or, or inspiration from Tom Clancy, I should say either to push a narrative in the division two, which the division one was kind of light, was pretty light on narrative too. Like, I don't know if you knew this, but there's these unbelievable cutscene videos in the division two. But if you don't go through five submenus to get to them, you don't even know they're there. And oh, really? They, yeah, see, exactly. And they explain the motivations of the outcasts, the motivations of the True Sons, who the leader of the True Sons is and why he's doing what he's doing. It's, I was up to level like 10 or 12 before I even figured out someone told me that the True Sons were JTF rejects yep, from the yep. first game. Yeah, so I, I didn't even that know out. that. Um, and then, the, you know, they have the uh, Borderlands crew there that comes around trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, their name escapes me at the moment. The uh, the hyenas. The, I was going to say the hyenas, the ones that are like all about doing drugs and running around. and. I'm pretty everything. sure the hyenas are a bunch of like different little gangs that got together. But yeah, they really cool. hate each other and they don't work good together. And it's a council of women that run the hyenas. So, Is it really? <laughs> I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't know that unless you watch the videos or listen to the audio recordings that you find around the world. I was gonna say I listened to the audio recordings and uh, I found out so far that it's a lot of you know either rejects or like there was one specific one where it was just like, hey, you know, how have you been? And she was like, are you gonna introduce me to your friends? And he goes, well, maybe after you hear me out. And it's like one of the groups just seems to be like uh, rogue division agents. Yeah, so they don't, but they don't, there's so much really good material. Like, think about it like this. The, we're in the capital of the United States of America. The country has fallen and Americans are all grouping up and killing each other, essentially. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a civil war to me. Why not explore that dynamic of the division is kind of defending the old way of government, right? I mean, they're. The, the president institutes the directive. The division is the last line of defense. They're trying to save the president of the United States and, and, uh, and the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and everything else. But you have these other groups that say this is flawed system. We're going to do it our way. And they never really touch on any of that. They just kind of and I know some of it is to play it safe, you know, with the the hyper 
polarized world, quote unquote, that we live in today, they don't want to rock the boat. But um, people who play the division, I think generally the audience that plays the division too, we're okay with some boat rocking and some good storytelling. Like, I don't think it would really be a detriment to this community. They would love it because a lot of these people are Tom Clancy fans or realistic military fans, uh, you know, military games or or like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, uh, the crowd. You know, we want to see – we're not into like necessarily we, – we know we're not playing this game because this game is on Pandora and there's a vault somewhere and there's a dragon guarding it. Like, this is real world – earth type stuff and you know we're fighting over loot like beanie caps and bulletproof vests yeah so we just- understand it's gr- grounded in reality right so yeah oh yeah it's it's okay to give us a little bit of story you know what i mean like you can you i mean they, they probably got okay so like the, i'm gonna defend him a little bit here on that end uh they do i've always heard that tom clancy games are super freaking graphic intensive not really story defensive um, and when I say that, I mean like they they always focus on you know the the mechanics of the game versus you know the uh, oh who's the big bad this time eh and uh, everything that I've witnessed so far it this you know the division two feeds right into classic Tom Clancy you know you're you're an agent who is supposed to who ends up being like the the lone survivor hero leader whether you're you know um, my father plays Ghost Recon Wildlands, and uh, he he kind of rolls solo most of the time. So that's the only reason why I wow, say that. Wow, that's a tough but, game, uh, solo. Oh yeah, Just so saying. He, he he does that one mostly solo. But he uh, when I when I get into that, like the story is very subliminally placed. They didn't they didn't go super cutsceney with it, but it's a super interactive story. Like when you said you have to pay attention to the audio recordings and like the the echoes and everything uh that's i think that's really actually where the story comes into play and if uh like if you if you actually end up paying attention deep into it like i said earlier you find out that like one of the one of the big bad guys at the end i I can only assume is from the end game tried to recruit the the leader from the theater settlement and i can't remember her name for the life of me right now um, Ode- you, Odea, 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 I think yeah, her name. yeah. You had to like save her daughter and stuff like that. And, yes. Uh, my big question is: You're a division agent's daughter. Why aren't you walking around with a handgun? Oh, why aren't you like a badass? Yeah. Like, no, like how do you how do you let yourself get kidnapped? Yeah. No, there's some there's some jumps in logic in the game. Like that's what I was saying. Like that's my one critique. I, it's definitely not a game killer to me, and I'm totally engrossed and enjoying my time in this game 110%. I haven't enjoyed a game this much this much since God of War back last summer. So this oh, really? I've had, you know, yeah, I mean I played through Red Dead 2 and I loved it and that was a beautiful story but the online disappointed me. Uh I loved Spider-Man and I had such a thrill with Spider-Man too, but God of War really hooked me in terms of being connected to Kratos since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. playing through every game on the, uh, second the father. Yeah. The, the, uh, the father son stuff was r- tugging at my heartstrings as Papa ply. So oh, oh, I believe it, you know, it was, it was fantastic. And the division, obviously the division two has nowhere near the story. It's not a story driven game per se, like God of war was, but 
the world itself is the story sometimes in the division too. Like if you pay attention to maybe some of the signs that are like the protest signs that are around things that are written on the walls. Yes. So you can kind of, you can almost role play and tell your own story in the division. I just thought they could inject some of those wonderful cutscenes that you do find way down in those menus somehow a little easier to get to like put them out there a little bit more for people who maybe don't pay attention as much as you or I and digging down, listening to audio and echoes and everything, because I think they did such a great job with those cutscenes that they could have put a few of those more up front to give everybody a little border, a little bit more of an emotional connection to who we're fighting and what we're fighting for. Like there's a great mission in the game. I don't know if you've done it yet, where you have to go save the Declaration of Independence. That just came up today, actually. I just saw it today. Okay, so it's a great mission. And yeah, as an American, I guess we want to go save the Declaration of Independence, right? Because we kind of have a connection to it. Oh, yeah. But they but they just go, go save the Declaration of Independence. And like, there's no emotional hook there. You know, there's no rah-rah speech. Like, we got to preserve freedom. Yeah, like, yeah. there's nothing. It's just... It's just, hey, I need a favor from you. Um, These guys do you mind this- going over to the archives and like grabbing that declaration because we might need to use it later on? Like that's the that's the mission. So I'm kind of like, ah, like there should be a little bit more build up to our founding document. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, I exactly. I agree. That's, that's what I meant by that. But that's the only critique I honestly have of the game. I don't know if you have any others that you want to explore before I get into my positives. No, no, I, I completely agree, man. It's There's not really a whole lot to complain about on my end. I mean, I'm fairly new to the division itself, but everything that I've come across so far has been well worthy of, you know, nothing but positive words. Yes, and if and I will say this. Playing the game solo is pretty fun, but playing yeah. the game with friends is through the roof. Um, the game with friends, this game was intended to be co-opted, it was obviously okay, see, clearly. I th- I th- yeah, I thought that it was. Like you can play it solo, and that's cool. There are people who like to play it solo, and I think you'll have a good time with it. But I mean, I have when you play it with buddies, it takes it to a whole new level. Like the the battles that they've created, and the battle arenas that they've created within these buildings that look so realistic, are made for. Hey, you go up there; they're going to come through this door. I'm going to go down here. You pop that thing over there. You get the turret going over here. I'm going to make sure everybody's healed. I'm going to stay back here, et cetera, et cetera. And when you get into sync with other agents in your clan or even random agents, the community in this game is fantastic. Oh, yeah. If you get into a good group, man, and you take down a bunch of uh, baddies and end up beating the mission, there's no better feeling than that. Like everybody gets their own loot. Except in the Dark Zone, which you told me today. But oh, outside yeah. in the regular world, um, everybody gets their own loot, so there's no griefing when it comes to stealing someone's loot. Mm-hmm. Um, the I can't speak for the end game yet, but I heard that it. Cha- I've been trying to avoid it as much as I can. But I heard that everything you do level 1 through 30 is basically flipped on its head, and a whole new Washington, D.C. starts. So What? And that's one of the big critiques with the division one was when you got to the end game, there was really nothing to do. It was rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, same mission, rinse, repeat. 
we'll just make it a little bit harder. We'll throw a few more enemies at you. And so with the Division 2, they really focused on the endgame content. They really hammered it. So we would be stuck in the Division 2 world while they um, updated it with their free updates for a year. So don't forget, for a year, you're going to get new content for this game. Three expansion packs. For a whole year. For a whole year. They have three pretty decently sized episodes ready to go. Uh, starting uh, the first raid is coming in a few weeks because they want to give people a chance to get to level 30. So there's an eight-man raid coming. Eight-man raids? That's what? Yes, which is what we all asked for in the Division 1, was they had like four-man little mini-raids. You're going to get eight-man raids, like in you would in WoW or in Final Fantasy fourteen, etc. That's going to be crazy. So, then, like, would you consider this game a looter shooter? This game is like looter shooter, looter shooter slash MMO. MMO. I've noticed that. Yeah, I get an MMO feel. I mean, then they're going to get episode one, two, and three. They're going to expand the map. So what you see here is not the end of where you can explore. See, and they're going to bring more. They've got a big yeah. ring on the outside that is just that it says just out of bounds. Like it's not like end of world or anything like that. It's just out of bounds. I feel like they're going to add on because it looks like they've got area for different building down on the other southern end. I have the game open in a different tab. That's the only reason why I know this. Um, but, yeah, it looks like they've, they've got buildings down in the southern end. looks like they've got big part of D.C. in the northern end as well, just past the Fallen Cranes and uh, the West D.Z. So, yeah, I could, I could oh, definitely yeah. see a lot of new stuff coming, to, coming into play here. There is. There's going to be a whole new story. Episode one, two, and three, much more, you know, single, like single player slash co-op content. There's going to be events like there are in MMOs where, you know, like, you know, sometimes like when I played DC Universe online, they'd have the Halloween event or the Christmas event. There's going to be stuff like that added into the game. Oh, that'd be cool. So they have a, they do have a roadmap for uh, the Division 2, which they've released. There is a, a yearly pass for it. It's like, I think it's either 40 or $50. It's 40 bucks, 40 bucks. It's 40 bucks. Okay. That's what I thought. And it is, you get the, you get the newest content a week early. Uh, plus there's some other, what they call uh secret missions, like spec ops missions. Like there's like uh, bounties and things that you don't get with the free to go. But the actual big expansions, they don't want to split up the player base at all. And everybody gets that for free. So you just have to wait a week if you're not willing to spend the 40. I'm willing to spend the 40 because I really appreciate what they're doing. So when when a game studio is doing something I, I, I sincerely appreciate, I don't mind spending the money. When they do things to me like charge me a dollar for a red dot on my gun, like <laughs> Call of Duty, then I get a little irritated. So right, I can completely understand that situation because like there's no point in spending a dollar for something that everybody could use for the game and then, you know, spending nothing on something that is going to be completely useless. You know what I mean? Correct. Correct. So so the the things that I like that Ply likes about the game, I'll just run through them real quick. Um they learned all their lessons from the Division 1. The graphics were great in the Division 1. They're even better in the Division 2. And I'm speaking from an Xbox One and PlayStation 4 uh, you know, way of looking at it. And I haven't played it on the PC. I'm sure you're rocking it right now. I'm sure it's even more beautiful. Um, 
Yeah, it's pretty good. So, pretty good. Yeah, I would, I would, I would guess it is. It's been a rough week on Oracle Gaming, man. I mean, if if my stream if my uh, stream was a little bit cleaner than what it was this week, I would have definitely been able to show everybody. And, hey, uh, anytime you want to upload to the Plyrock Nation, just record it and upload it in 1080p. Heck I'll yeah. spread, I want to see it. I'll see that sucker. Heck yeah. So the graphics are better. They're using the same engine, but they cleaned up a lot of the bugs. The game worked right out of the gate. Um, it had a great launch day. How many games have we played on launch day? Online connectors that just suck. Right now, just two. I've only I've only found two that have been really good. It's this and Apex on launch day. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, even people forget Fortnite on launch day wasn't so hot. Took them a little while to get their legs under them. Mm-hmm. But I remember games like I'm trying to think back. I remember games like uh, uh, DC Universe Online didn't work on launch day. It kept kicking me out and crashing. Um. So many EA games are online connected. Hell, I remember playing SimCity for the PC, the new SimCity that came out probably, I want to say five or six years ago at this point. And it was the first SimCity to be connected online at all times. Like, why do you need to be connected online to play SimCity, right? And you you couldn't get on the game because EA servers didn't work. So I spent 60 bucks on this game because I love SimCity from when I was a kid. And it didn't work for like two weeks. They kept getting a fatal error. So what? for them, to, yeah, yeah. So I, so to be fair, Ubisoft did a great private beta. They did a great open beta. They, they had everything ready to go. I mean, I got kicked out a few times in the beta to be fair, but that's a beta. And you know, they got hammered on opening day with this game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I never had a problem logging in once and I never got kicked. Smooth I have servers. not gotten kicked. I was, gonna, I was just going to praise that again, too, dude. Smooth servers. I usually would have to wait forever to match up into somebody's game. Dude, a, dude this Apex is even slower than this, if I'm going to be real honest about the whole situation. Oh, the load times in the division are great. Dude, they're so great. Like, you know, they're so great. Look at Anthem. There's like you play the game for three minutes. There's a load screen. Then it comes off the load screen and you think the load screen's over, but then it just switches you to another load screen. Then you play the game for another four minutes, and then you go back to another load screen. See, like, that's why I'm glad I didn't buy it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with the division, you can essentially walk from one side of the city to the other. No load screen. I mean, if you fast travel, which I don't recommend people do, by the way, I don't think you should fast travel in this game as much as it's tempting to, because a lot of this game is experienced from walking from point A to point B, because there's okay. so many random events. Uh, there's so much loot to find, and there's so many random events that if you have the time, just go for a walk in the capital city. You will find things going on that you didn't realize. You will find yeah. propaganda uh, broadcasts that you have to stop. You will find uh, buses that are turned over and suitcases fell out of them, and you can open the suitcases and get loot. So take a walk once in a while. Don't always use the fast travel is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to go take a walk right now. That's funny. <laughs> well, you are the you are a man of many talents. He's playing the division two while we're recording a podcast. Well, I got I got to have some honest, you know, some honest responses here if I'm going to be talking about it. That's true. So, is there anything else you want to add to the division two by but besides telling everybody in the Oracle Empire and the Plyrock Nation to get their butts out there and buy it? Dude, other than that, no. You guys need to just hurry up, get the game, and if you're playing on PC, add Oracle Facebook. 
or at Oracle capital F lowercase B. And if you're playing with Ply, uh, I think he's got two different accounts he'll tell you about. Yeah, absolutely. And I, oh, one final thing I wanted to mention. I am playing it on the PlayStation 4 Pro, and I am playing it on the Xbox One S, not the Xbox One X. The PlayStation 4 Pro obviously clearly looks a ton better than the Xbox One S version. So I just wanted to say that because while it's not a true quote-unquote 4K, um, it's an upscaled 4K on the Pro. There's a lot less... Uh, it still looks um, like 4K. It still looks good. It looks amazing. The, the game, like I, of the eyes. Well, the, one of the big things I noticed between the two versions is the Xbox One S version is very dark. Very dark. Like, if it's nighttime or you go in a building, that is dark. Yeah. On the PlayStation version, I can see, even though it's dark, it's like a true black mm-hmm. uh, color because of the HDR. Uh, and then I can see clearly, even though it's dark, I can see detail. So um, out of those two versions of the game, if you have a PlayStation 4 Pro, clearly you should probably go with that version. I can't speak for the Xbox One X. I'm sure it looks even better probably than the Pro because the X is a powerful system. So, and then I give it my highest Plyrox seal of approval, whatever you want to call it. Five rock burgers, whatever you want to stamp on this sucker. burgers, dude. Let's do it. Yeah, man. Rock burgers. Rock burgers, dude. Five out of five. It's the best 60 bucks if you like. If you like the division, you're going to love this. If you don't like the division, if you didn't like the division at all, even three years later, don't buy this. Um, If you did like the division or kind of somewhat enjoyed the division, go buy this now. And if you've never played the division, do yourself a favor and jump into the division's world because this game is amazing. It is pretty dang good. So I heard about this new Google made an announcement the other day. They're going to be coming out with a new system, quote unquote, which is going to be an online game streaming service called Stadia. And apparently, supposedly, according to Google, uh, this is going to get rid of your hardware cycles. They want gaming to be instant with no downloads or updates. They want the experience to be seamless across all types of screens, which kind of sounds like PlayStation now, but taken to the next level. Uh, they want every game to be played in the highest settings is one of their goals. So they're kind of trying to eliminate, I guess, the need for a PC. Um, supposedly, they want at that point. Yeah, any console, essentially. Uh, they want to enable esports so anybody can join esports competitions from their house and supposedly exclusive content for games and other things. They really have not offered a pricing model of it yet. They did say they want a very low barrier of entry. Sounds to me like they're trying to position themselves as the Netflix of gaming. They're probably going to offer a premium version, a freemium version uh, to get it going. And it looks like you're just going to be buying a controller. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I know I know we're going to talk about Apple, too, because Apple seems to be bouncing off of what Google did. They kind of got their own little thing going, too. But I'm old school, man. Like, I don't really like the fact that games are going completely in the streaming direction because, number one, I like to own something physically. Um, 
number two, when your internet goes out for I can speak for PlayStation. Yeah. When your internet goes out and you bought an online version of the game, like let's say I what bought are you the div- do? Yeah. What are you going to do? It locks it out. Um, thirdly, they are winding down support for the PlayStation 3. Like they're slowly turning everything off now for the PlayStation 3. Dude, I own hundreds of online games for the PlayStation 3. And my hard drive is nowhere near big enough to download all those games. So does that mean I lose access to all the games that I actually bought? And if I had a physical copy, would I still be able to play them? You know, not that I'm going back to play Aliens, Colonial Marines probably ever in my life. But <laughs> no, I, that's a good question. That's a good question to you know to cover over. And uh, that's uh, on PC. You know, you download the game if it's if it's an offline game like most games are, most AAA titles are, or would be then you're still safe. But if, if you do end up getting a, in a situation where you, you feel like Stadia is the best thing for you, we've seen something like this before. Don't get fooled, man. We've seen something like this before. Uh, growing up through elementary school, it was a, it was a, a school-certified version called Pop Tropica. And, you know, you, 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 you phased out of that and you went to this other gaming service. I don't even remember what it's called because it's so obsolete. Wow, where you it's it's a gaming browser. You go there, you search over hundreds of games, and you can play them in the browser. Like I remember, uh, you you used to be able to do play this game as a pencil drawing, and you have to jump over trucks and cars, and then you end the pencil game jumping into a lake, and then you get eaten by a shark. What like, was I remember it called? That. Pop, pop what? Well, in the one that schools really formatted was Pop Tropica, P O P T R O P I C A. Wow, and. Uh, and it was it was a thing that you know schools were like oh you know we can let kids play this uh, during computer lab time because you know you 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 in order to progress in the game you had to do like mathematical equations you had to do English things and all sorts of you know basic uh, common common education things to progress to the next level like uh, the one that I remember specifically was one where you're a pencil drawing man and in order to get onto the next level you'd have to answer you'd have to answer a mathematical equation correctly. And if you wow. didn't, you got you got bounced back to the last one. But we've seen this before, and and that thing is so obsolete. Not many people even remember that it existed. I just have a terrible memory for useless things. <laughs> I got <laughs> you know what I'm I'm about to predate you with your Pop Tropica. You ready for this? What you got? The very first video game streaming service that I ever had in my house was called I think it was called Sega TV. Okay. Sega TV, yes. Sega Genesis was hooked up through my cable company with the special cartridge that my coaxial cable would plug into. And they would give me 16 games a month, like Sonic the Hedgehog 1, 2, and 3 or whatever. And it would automatically, quote unquote, stream the game to my Sega Genesis. And I would play Streets of Rage 1 whenever I wanted or Streets of Rage 2 or you know, Sonic or whatever it was. And it was like, I don't know, 10 or 15 bucks a month. So kudos to Sega for figuring it out first, I guess. But pioneers, um, yeah, pioneers, it was, yeah, pioneers, man. It was very buggy, obviously for the time, but it was such a cool idea. Got us excited. I don't really know how I feel about this Google one though, because I don't know. Like I said, I just like having that physical I, copy. Um, I want to say if I want to let you borrow it. How do I let you borrow it? What if the game sucks and I want to trade it in? Like those days are over. 
yeah, um, you, you know, you're paying for a service at that time, you know, and that's another thing you got to think about. You know, if you're paying for the service, you're also paying for probably hundreds of thousands of games that you'll never even play. Sounds like you're cable. literally, yeah, exactly. Like you're 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 gonna be, I don't know, you're gonna be providing financial support for thousands of games that you don't play or that you don't support. You know, because either the developers are. Uh, have a different mindset than you and you just you just don't like who does it or you know the game is another total potato the game is total trash you know but but someone likes it like i mean i'm not gonna knock on all the minecraft people out there but you'll never catch me in minecraft i just i can't do the 16-bit enlarged thing yeah like, i could do 16-bit if it or 8-bit if it was like mario or you know super mario brothers or something like that but you know what just just to literally have a game called minecraft that is blocky and bitty by default yeah i think i think that being in 2019 2020 era we could do a lot better than that microsoft (laughs) i actually looking at it like the same way as you almost where i'm afraid that if they go this full streaming route and all these games are on this one subscription service for let's i don't know i'm just guessing 15 20 bucks a month i think game quality is going to come down even more because yeah they're not going to concentrate necessarily on their core audience. They're going to throw Mass out production, sh- throw out schlep. Yeah. To, you know, okay, let's get another, uh, you know, not to knock the battle Royales, but I'm sure there'll be 9,000 battle Royale games coming out on the streaming thing because it's oh, one easily. map. Yeah, dude. Like, are you really going to get another Skyrim on a streaming service? If all there is is a streaming service, are you really going to get an Epic, type game uh, on that are you going to get a lot of smaller type games on it and then on top of that you lose your personal freedom of choosing what you want collecting what you want letting people borrow what you want uh, trading in what you don't like when you buy it used obviously you can't do that when you buy it new but you kind of lose that personal autonomy with it like you it's, lose it. It just doesn't feel very personal. And and to me, you know, growing up, you know, I'm a I'm a little bit of a younger guy. I'm only like 25, 24. I don't even remember yeah, my yeah. birthday at this point. Let everybody but know how old I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh It's you know, I'm I'm pretty young guy. But growing up, it's just I use games as as an escape. If I'm having a terrible day, where the, like everything around me is total, you know, bad, like real bad. Real bad, man. Real, yeah, real no, bad. Dude, I hear you. I hear you. It's just, you know, going into a video game is just like, oh, you know what? Fresh start. You're not near any of these people. You can you can shut yourself off. It's sort of like music, dude. You, you use it as, as an escape. So if you get stuck in a situation where uh, – I know that we were just going to brush over this, but here we are diving, diving deep. Uh, it, but if you're going to get stuck in a situation where you're you're going to have to pay to use this service, pay to have the internet to use the service, and then pay for whatever premium service that you want because they don't offer the brand new game that you've been waiting for on your current plan. I don't know. It just it's it kind of goes along the whole uh, the whole concept of uh, pay to win, pay to play. There's no real point to it. Let me throw one more little tidbit out there with this too. Currently, video games are clocking in now. I mean, the Division 2 on the PlayStation 4 was 95 gigs, right? To download it off the internet. My cable company likes to warn me once in a while when I hit their one terabyte per month cap that I'm getting close to the cap. 
if I'm streaming games all the time, I, what kind of bandwidth are we using here? What about people who don't have very good bandwidth? What about, you know, not everybody has lightning fast internet. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're not really able to play the latest games because they can't buy a physical copy of the disc. I mean, I don't know. I, I would like this as its own option. I don't want this to squash consoles and PC gamers and take over. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't mind if this was I its do. own thing. I get I yep. just I don't want gaming studios to go, well shit, we're putting this right on here and that's where it's staying. I still want them to offer those games a la carte, I guess is the right way to say it. Don't mess with the a la carte system. If you want to do a streaming system, great. But you know, even Netflix, as great as it is, always throws up one or two gems for every eight or nine pieces of schlock that they release on their streaming service. So you're going to get a, a couple of like there's a they're they're trying to make good movies, right? Well, they they haven't made too many good movies. I don't know if you've seen the movie Bright with Will Smith. No, I have not. <laughs> All right. That was like their big blockbuster movie last year. They had a good director. They had Will Smith attached to it. It was supposed to be like a real world movie about cops, but it was integrated with like uh, orcs. orcs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many times I fell asleep during that movie, but I think it broke the record for me falling asleep during that movie. And I'm the core audience for that movie. And I tried to finish that so many times and I couldn't do it. So you just couldn't, you know, like if a movie studio released that into the movie theater via the a la carte system where we choose what we want to see, that movie would have bombed and they wouldn't make another one. Right. Like, okay, we learned our lesson. We know make that movie again. That was terrible. They put that on a streaming service like Google Stream. They're not going to learn their lesson anywhere near as much. They're going to keep repeating and making the same type of games because there's not as much of an incentive to perfect what they're trying to do because there's not that a la carte, you know, instant feedback of this movie made $100 million this weekend. Good job. Do another one. It's just going to be we're going to put this sucker front and center and how many people are going to download and try it for free. And oh, all these people watched it for free. Great. Uh, let's do another one. So I don't know. I'm hoping, and I see Apple's doing it too. I know we'll touch on Apple real quick. There's not much known yeah. about Apple's yet, but uh, Apple's is going to, looks like is going to be more of like its own exclusive games. I don't know if you've read into that or not. Yeah, I did not. I didn't read a whole lot into it because I was like, oh yeah, Apple's hopping on that whole browser gaming bandwagon. They are, but they did not really release too many details about it yet. It's going to be called Apple Arcade. And it seems that all the games on that platform as of right now will be new and exclusive strictly to Apple, which actually, I actually don't mind that version of a a streaming service. Like if they're doing their own thing, I don't see how that could affect a la carte gaming via PC, PlayStation, uh, Microsoft, etc. Because then Apple would kind of be its own product. Do you know what I mean? I do, I do. Apple has always, for the most part, they've always paved their own path in terms of, like, their own software and all that good jazz like that. But, uh, you know, I think that they're releasing their whole gaming browser streaming service as a competition to stay in the in the field yeah, absolutely. with Google. All right, so that wraps it up on this Google streaming slash Apple Arcade thing. And now let's get on to what Oracle has been waiting for to talk about. We are going to talk about Marvel versus DC. 
We are going to talk about the Arrowverse, which is uh, Oracle's favorite, and we are going to do it right now. Oh, yeah. All right, Oracle. This is your moment to shine, dude. This is what you've been waiting for. You want to talk about the Arrowverse on, I think it's on the WB, right? Is it still on the WB? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the WD. The WB has become the CW, but the CW, yes, yep, it's on the CW, and they're the whole the whole Arrowverse thing has blown up over the past couple of the years. It started off with just Arrow in 2012 or 2013, and since then it has gained um, the Flash, it has gained Supergirl, it has gained DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Which has which has run through two different casts, uh, minus a couple main main runners for the for the team, and uh, they've been dropping hints at a Batman slash Batwoman spinoff as well. And, I've heard uh, of that. If they do the Batman, if they do the Batwoman spinoff, I have a really really strong inclination that our gore that our uh, our gore our girl Ruby Rose is going to be signed to the role of Batwoman. And that would actually be really good because she did very good in the crossover episode. I think she she played a great uh, Kate, uh, and I think that there's there's real potential for her in the universe. I think it is. I think it would be pretty cool to see Batman himself come in, seeing as how the direction of the shows has gone so far forward that Stephen Amell has only been signed for one more season of Arrow, and he himself has decided to leave the show and uh Why? he decided pursue. to leave it uh, he was yeah. crying the other day on a pod on his, uh, yeah yeah he, on his, i'm his, sure his, he was crying thing. does he want to just try something else is that his issue i think he wants to do something else i don't know 100 percent why he's deciding to leave i think that him him as the green arrow in the show is a big key thing but if it is the fact that he is wanting to leave that would make a lot of sense as to what storyline that they're going with because let me uh let me just drop some knowledge on everybody who follows the show uh back in the first season of legends of tomorrow there is an episode called star city 2044 and in star city 2044 it's a whole criminal enterprise blah 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 blah, and oliver queen has been missing for like 20 30 years at this point oh gosh he's missing again well, in this in this in this uh, episode from Legends of Tomorrow, like way back when, he had been missing for like 20, 30 years. Nobody could find him, and everything was like that. And uh, the new Green Arrow turns out to be the son of one of his close friends. And uh, the new Green Arrow, they go with Connor Hawk, and it, I think it's a pretty good fit because the kids got the kids got a lot of pizzazz. The kids got a lot of heart for the for the role, and I think that the way that the show has been lately, like they've already did a flash forward episode called star city 2040. And it's four years off from when the legends come back to star city. So <laughs> you are so into this dude. I love it. So, so oh, dude, I, I follow dude. I am all about it. And, and being a fan of the flash, you got to be able to keep up with different, different timelines, you know, different story arcs, different timelines, because you know, something detrimental could happen on the flash. You know, if Stephen Amell decides, you know, I want to ride out the green arrow train. 
at any point in time, they could have something happen on the flash. And then it would rewind to a point in time where he he wants to he has to redo things. And then if he messes something up, Oliver Queen could come back, and Oliver Queen could be the Green Arrow in the new timeline that he just created. You know what I mean? So can, a lot of can a lot I say of things two things. Happen. What's up? Can I say two things about um, Green Arrow? Number one, that's my favorite character to play in Injustice Two, is Oliver Queen, who. Technically should be the weakest character when he's fighting Superman and the Flash and Wonder Woman and all these other ones. But he's kind of he broken. is like he is like the best character. Like when I'm getting my butt kicked in Injustice 2, I immediately go to Green Arrow to kick somebody's butt. Like that's like my go to character when I'm getting salty and I'm on the tilt when I'm playing that game. That's number one. The other comment was actually a question for you since you're so into it. The show Gotham on Fox, is that connected at all with no, what you're talking about? No, and not in any way, shape, fashion, or form is there any connection. The Gotham that is run by Fox is a it's an entire different timeline, story arc, cast, group, different version of Bruce Wayne. It's a different universe in the DC universes. Um, See, that's what drives me nuts about like when they came out with the Injust- with the uh, Justice League movie, which we all agree could have been a lot better. I enjoyed it, yeah. but I firmly recognize that there was a lot of backstory to why best it was the way it was. Best scene in that entire movie. Best scene in that entire movie was when uh, the Flash was fighting, you know, those guys, and then Superman just kind of turns and looks at him while they're in mid fight, and then Superman attacks the Flash. I think that yeah, was crazy because the Flash kind of craps his pants and is like, "Oh, holy crap! He's moving as fast as I am." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had the race at the end too. That was cute, but I would have preferred to see the kid, the guy who plays the Flash on the show. Why wasn't yeah. he the Flash in the movie? Like, I'm like, I don't know why they don't have everything tied together like that. I mean, Marvel has them beat in that instance, but DC will forever hold a really strong part inside my soul. Oh, speaking of having them beat, we did put up the online poll this week for you guys the Empire of Nations poll, and we we did Marvel versus DC, and out of all the votes cast, Marvel, unfortunately for me and for, uh, Cough, for Oracle. Game. Cough, Yeah, yeah, they beat, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it did beat, I, maybe these people didn't see Shazam yet, but it did beat uh, DC 65% to 35%, and Marvel definitely is winning in the movie, aspect of things there their movies have, their, are their roadmap is so flawless man yeah for their movies yeah but D- dc dc strengths to be honest are in their video games because the batman series uh arkham the arkham series uh dc universe online up until recently uh, a lot of their video games have always been fantastic marvel's catching up now with spider-man which is a absolute classic but their video games, their cartoon movies that they make are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And their TV shows are unbelievable, according to you, especially. They just can't seem to really get a hang on cinema movies yet. And they've tried so many different things. They went through the the uh, ugh, the dark, edgy. You know, the Batman trilogy was great that Christopher Nolan made. We all agree. It was, it was its own oh, story. Yeah, it was so good, except for Christian Bell needed to clear his throat a few more times than he did. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but they tried to emulate that whole dark grittiness with Superman. That doesn't work with Superman, dude. I'm a huge Superman fan. That's like my boy. 
He needs to be bright and sunny and the Boy Scout, colorful, truth, justice, the American way, all that stuff. That he's the di- he's the absolute diametrically opposed to Batman character. And that's why that always worked between the two of them in the Justice League. Because Superman would bring you to your lawyer while Batman would beat you up. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was always, you know, and even in the Injustice games. I was going to say, the Injustice to- line, it's all, the whole Injustice line itself, the, the, the games are based off of the, the Injustice story arc, the Injustice universe. And that whole universe is wild, man. Um, it's unbelievable and it's fun, but they still don't portray Superman right most of the time. No, I was going to say it's wild because they got Superman portrayed as a like a monster after he's a, after he's a the Joker kills Lois Lane. He becomes a monster. Yeah, he kills anybody he wants to, anybody who opposes him, he melts in front of him. Anyway, yeah. uh, you you saw Shazam? Yeah. You saw you you did you did go see? I that? did. I got to see, and I'm still working on the YouTube video, so I apologize to everybody because I got myself a little bit of a cold. But uh, I did get to go to an early screening. Mrs. Ply brought me to an early screening of Shazam. And the theater was packed. And it was unbelievable. And and to date, I will say this without pause, Shazam was the best DC movie to date, starting back with the Man of Steel. Like if we start there, when they're trying to create this extended universe in the movies, Shazam was the best movie that DC has made thus far. And if DC had kind of stuck to that template and not been ashamed of their comic bookiness uh, with their characters. And, and, and they went full in with Shazam and said, Shazam's corny. We know Shazam's corny. So we're going to make <laughs> we're not, it. Corny. We're not embarrassed about it at all. Here you are, man. This is Shazam and Zachary Levi, who played Shazam and the adult version of Shazam, not Billy Batson, the kid was knock it out of the park and I will say this right now, as good as Christopher Reeves, as Christopher Reeves, as Superman back in the 80s. Really? Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi, I will say this, will probably be, it'll be very hard pressed for him to get another job, another acting job where they will say, dude, that's Shazam. Like, I don't know if he'll be able to escape that now because he was so good as Shazam that kudos to him. He's got his own franchise. Now he's coming off TV. He did that show Chuck, which was pretty funny years ago. This dude is a star. He's unbelievable. I've never seen anybody be able to play a 14 year old kid in a 30 year old man's body this well, since like Tom Hanks and big and it's the rest of the cast is wonderful. The only weakness to Shazam was the villain was kind of, like weak, but every origin movie usually has the weak villain, and then you get the yeah. good villain in the second one. Yeah. So, you know, I know that people are going to say, "Well, you're cutting it a little slack." Blah blah. blah. You shouldn't cut. Listen, da- the Mark Strong as the villain, uh, Doctor Savannah, wasn't bad. He's not Black Adam. We get it. But Black Adam is coming, and if Shazam is a success, which if you look closely, you'll see a Black Adam reference. I'm not going to ruin it. In the preview, right? No, I saw it in the, one of the previews. You, uh, I don't know. It's I don't want to say anything yet because the movie's not technically out until April fifth. But there are a lot of Easter eggs in this movie. I think I saw a Black Adam Easter egg, but I don't want to say nothing about it until it's official. <laughs> but Shazam was, without a doubt, the best DC movie that has come out yet. And I loved Wonder Woman. I thought that was the best DC movie so far that they had released. 
Um, I I genuinely enjoyed Aquaman, but this was off the charts, dude. Everybody in the theater was laughing. When you left the theater, you had an amazing, immense feeling of joy that you rarely get from a lot of these movies that come out now because a lot of these movies are depressing or dark or they got to be gritty. They got to be that. This was especially DC movies like Batman versus Superman and, and you know, all that stuff. <laughs> you walked out of there, man. You felt good, dude. Like it was. And I, and I, and I, I love the original keys, the original Captain Marvel. You know, that was his name before DC and Marvel got into a legal fight over his name. Uh, you know, and then obviously Captain Marvel became Captain Marvel and Marvel, which we all know a few weeks ago. So I'm looking into these uh, these spoilers that you're talking about, and it definitely seems plausible. Yeah, I don't want to uh, I don't want to ruin anything. I just want to highly recommend it. Um, that I will, I will go see it. You'll dude when you I see will, it, I will go see it. We'll talk about it on the podcast at length, but for right now. Just mark your calendars, dude, April 5th. Bring your kids. If you got kids, it's kid safe. There's one scene in it that's rough for that could be potentially rough for kids. You'll know it when you get to it. But other than that, unbelievable movie, dude. Unbelievable acting out of everybody. Beautiful story about family. <coughs> um, just top, top quality filmmaking. And uh, it was unbelievable. So if you have any final thoughts on the Arrowverse, why you want everybody to go out right now and make sure that they, yeah, uh, um, go go ahead. If you guys, if you guys get the chance, definitely, definitely watch the season that's air that's airing right now. Get yourself a feel for the get yourself a feel for the show. But uh, they're on Netflix. Both the uh, both the all of the DC shows are on Netflix, and you can catch up from season one and move forward. And uh, you won't miss a thing, and you'll be just as caught up as I am. And they're they're pretty quick to go by. A couple of them are real just filler episodes while they wait for the big bad to do his thing. But other than that, dude, it's 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 been action packed ever since. I've rewatched the se- the seasons uh, several times just to catch uh, new things every time. That's the only reason. That's the only reason why I'm so knowledgeable for the show. It's because I just I love it so much. So. I'm going to have to jump back into the Arrowverse. You kind of got me curious about it again because I haven't oh, yeah. watched I haven't watched it in a few years. So, all right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us here on this week's Ply Rock Nation presents the Empire of Nations. You can find me at www.facebook.com slash Ply Rock Gamer. Also, if you hit that sub button for us here on Spotify, iTunes or Google Play, that really helps out our show. Uh, and then where can they find you, Oracle? You can find me at facebook.com forward slash Oracle Gaming. And uh, I, I'll be there every day, all day, doing what I do. Clips or streams. Come by. Ah. Say hi. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for us. Have a great uh, week, and we'll see you next week on the Ply Rock Nation. Ply Rock Nation.